Psycho Steve presents. Guys and girls, and everything in between, it's your podcasting pal, Psycho Steve, here on Air Today, Gone Tomorrow. Today, we're very fortunate and blessed to have one of my favorite guitarists from one of my favorite bands that you don't really hear much about anymore unless you're a fan of the music. I am talking about Mr. Christy Majors of Pretty Boy Floyd. Good day, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thank you, Steve. My pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yes, it's true for you. Yes. <laughs> So thank you so much for taking the time off your busy schedule. Uh, I know you're quite busy with Pretty Boy Floyd, and you're also your agency and other projects that you do participate in. So, uh, yeah, everything I do, everything I thank you. Uh, thank you for having me, and uh, everything I do revolves around music, so it's my passion, and uh, you know I'm going to keep on doing it till the day I die. So right on. So let's get right to it. Uh, Pretty Boy Floyd was it your way of coming up with? the name or who came up with the actual name uh actually who came up with the, the uh, name was uh kim fowley okay yeah kim fowley record producer uh it's from the with kim yeah okay so yeah awesome. so kim fowley kim fowley came up with the name i think uh it was a uh you know real, he saw us on the sunset strip and uh he stopped us in the middle of the street and, you know kim fowley or if anybody knows kim fowley's a really tall you know i mean kim fowley passed away a while ago but um, he was, you know, really tall, and he was mm, always had like crazy colored hair, like green hair, or blue hair, or makeup, whatever it might be. He was um, <laughs> definitely a character. And uh, he stopped us when we were just walking on the strip. It was before we even played a show, and uh, he was just like, "Who are you guys?" You know, <laughs> right? And, uh, he came to a couple of rehearsals, and then all of a sudden. Just like out of the blue, we just like I'll tell you, pretty white boy. Like, what? That's the name of your band. <laughs> right. Sorry, right, because so, there's uh, been rumors about that you guys came up with the name, or like when you guys were playing with like Ugly Kid Joe, they, like you guys came up with that. It's how Ugly Kid Joe came up with the band since they were doing direct support for you guys. Since you guys were Pretty Boy Floyd, you know. I heard about that maybe like about a year later after some show we were supposed to play with them, like San Luis. Or something like that, you know. And we actually, um, we actually never even played the show. We canceled the show. And uh, I heard, you know, after Over Kid Joe uh, broke with the, with the song, I heard them saying that's how they got their name. Was trying to be the opposite of Pretty Boy Floyd, but pretty ugly kid, boy Joe, you know, whatever. So um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Awesome. So was guitar your first instrument? Guitar was my first instrument. Yes. My grandfather was a um, he was a big musician. He played a lot of uh, instruments: clarinet, saxophone, guitar, piano. I, mean, I can go on. But he had this uh, really old, like a nineteen fifties, like acoustic Gibson, 
and right. I just used to like fill around on that and then you know eventually started showing me some of uh, some chords and some uh, some you know how to strum it and everything you know so he kind of like kind of like showed me the basics um, when I was pretty young you know my grandparents my grand, my grandfather and like uh, everybody from his side of the family were uh, very musically inclined you know they loved music and Sundays would be dinners of like you know 40 I come from a you know 100% Italian sort of family you know so right. uh, every Sunday would be you know dinner would start at like you know 11 o'clock and go till like 10 o'clock at night and there would just be like you know food and music and gambling, you know. <laughs> awesome. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, nothing wrong. I miss those days. Now you're a New Yorker, originally native New Yorker, right? And you, said you're, and you said you're an Italian. I have to ask, what do you call the sauce? Gravy, or do you call it sauce, or do you call it ragu? Pasta sauce. Right on. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Right. I call it pasta sauce. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So your first electric guitar, do you still own it? No. Um, my first electric guitar was a, it was a uh, guitar, it was a, called a Carlo Rebelli. Interesting. No. <laughs> I don't know. They were like, they were knockoffs of like uh, Gibson West Paul. And uh, I don't know where I got it. I got it some some store, uh, some music store. I don't know. It wasn't like, wasn't like a big music store. It wasn't like a, like a Sam Ash or, you know, anything like that or a guitar right. center or nothing like that. It was so sick. So kind of like a mobile cool guitar store and yeah it was a guitar. Carlo Rebelli was the name of the guitar and uh, yeah it was really it was a really bad guitar because it was like you know uh, my fingers were you know were like pretty much bleeding from you know, oh, the strings down. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was it was pretty bad that's dedication though so besides Pretty Boy Floyd, were you ever in any other band before Pretty Boy Floyd broke out? That we know. Uh, you know, I had a small uh, little band in New York called uh, Jet Black. Well, the original name was called Sick Fish. Okay. Probably, but we really couldn't get any gigs. But then uh, we changed our name to Jet Black, and it's kind of funny because we spelled it J E T T B L A K K. And now it's probably that there's like a big band that uses that name, and it's probably the exact same way. Right. But um, we were like kind of like a thrash. Um, Grand band. Wow. <laughs> like, we were playing, like, um, you know, almost, we were somebody influenced by, like, you know, Exodus and Overkill. And, like, you know, that's what was, that's what was going on in the New York scene at that time. Anthrax and SOB and all that stuff, right? Right on. Um, I was heavily into that. I used to love to go to the Moors, uh, Brooklyn, and see, see my favorite bands and just, like, really just get into the mosh pit and just, like, have a, have a good time. So I really love that. But I also loved the... Uh, 
you know, Coach Cooper and Kiss and Molly Cruz and all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of natural for me to kind of like do put both together, uh, even though people just didn't get it right at that time, you know. I don't think they would ever get it, but um, but we were we were on the Lamore's Brooklyn compilation record. We were on a couple of Metal Master records, uh, compilation records, and uh, yeah, just just. It was really tough to get a deal in New York City at that time, you know, so. Awesome. So when PBF got signed, what did you buy with your first advance? You know, I actually, uh, me and Kerry Keane, our drummer, we actually went and put a, uh, we got an apartment. Nice. <laughs> I was pretty, I was living in the for, you know, about a year. Right. And then uh, when we finally got our advance, yeah, I finally was like, you know, I'm going to get my own freaking apartment. Instead of like speaking on the Sinton of the Horror So, that, yeah, that's what I did. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. So. If it was a bigger advance, I would have bought a house, but it wasn't. Right on. Okay. Well, you know, that's <laughs> okay. that came, that came later, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you really didn't make this money in pretty hard school, like, you know. It was, uh, you know, if you got to maybe your maybe third or fourth record, you know, and you sold, you know, million, then you're right. making some money, you know. But uh, yeah, one or two records, you know, uh, trying to just recoup that money is real tough. Unless, unless, unless you're going to realize you sold like 15 million albums on it off your first record. Makes sense. Um, now, how did you become an agent, and why an agent? I was, um, I think, well, when I stopped playing pretty much Floyd, you know, maybe in like I don't know, was it '92? I think it was maybe '92. Right. I had uh, went, I went to school and went to school, and I became a paralegal uh, actually. Okay. And uh, I was, I was thinking about going into law. Okay. And I called up our old attorney. His name was Robert Toro. Um, he was the attorney for Playboy Floyd. And uh, I asked him if he needed any help, you know. And he kind of laughed at me because he was kind of like our lawyer slash manager. Um, he was kind of like co-manager for somebody else. So he said, uh, he goes, oh, he goes, you know what? This is going to be great. He goes, so wait, you're going to come work for me and I get to yell and scream at you the way you yell and scream at me? Come on in. <laughs> That's awesome. He's like, he's like, hey, that's going to be a bitch. And uh, it was pretty funny. So I worked with him and really, uh, he uh, took me over to uh, Relativity Records. And he was, uh, he got brought into Relativity Records R.E.D. And uh, he was my spent a year over there. And then, uh, you know, I had shown some swing bands when swing was like really popular in the 90s. Right. Um, yeah, like Big Dad's Voodoo Daddy and the Squirrel Nut Zipper. Big Dad Voodoo Daddy and, you know, uh, Jumpin' Jones and uh, World, uh, World Crown Review. You know, World Crown Review is one of the bands that I worked with. I, you know, we recorded a live record at the Mint. Uh, hmm. It was a little club here and they have a, uh, like a 24 track uh, studio. Uh, in the back so we made the record for free and the record started getting played on radio stations everywhere and they you know sold I don't know over 100,000 copies in a few months it was wow. uh, pretty insane off of a live record and then they signed with the Warner Brothers after that but, um, but everyone started calling me up and um, 
wanted me to work with their swing band at that time, you know, and it was really big. And so I they had like maybe like 10 swing bands. And so, um, like Charlie Stern would call me up and be like, Hey, I want a swing band for my birthday party, blah, 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 at the condo room. And I'm just like, Oh, yeah, 10 grand. So like, Okay, no problem. And then, you know, like friends would call and say they would, they would be like, uh, television show friends. They would right. call and be like, Hey, we have a rap party. Uh, you know, it's our last episode. Oh, blah, blah, we want a swing band. And I'm like, Yeah, I got this band. Oh, blah, 25,000. Okay. You know, <laughs> so, um, I, I just kind of fell into, kind of like kind of like booking uh, that kind of stuff and uh, and then um, I, I found it to be a lot more enjoyable right and uh, I was I was being my own boss and I didn't have anybody looking over my shoulder and telling me what to do and I didn't have to set certain times to be in and certain times that I can lead so I kind of really uh, enjoyed that so uh, I met I met, I, met, I met my mom and Chuck who was working at this other agency and I took him with, with me and I just said, hey, I'm going to start this agency. Why don't you come with me? He had some bands of his own and he was doing it. So, well, you know, I just started it and uh, now it's around uh, 15 years now. And, um, actually, then this is our best year that we've had in 19 years. So, Awesome. Congratulations to that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so I've used actually your services in the past because I used to book, there was a, a nightclub in northern New Jersey called Double D's, and it was, a half, yeah, it was a half gentleman's club on one side and a rock club on the other side, so you had the best of both worlds, you know? And right. we had, you know, some of your guests, you know, some of your artists perform at you know, our venue. I, you know, I find that, you know, over the years, you know, from uh, booking, you know, I find that most of the promoters are fans of music, you know, and that's why they got into it. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when they, when they book the bands, they're fans of the band that they're booking. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's, so, that's, yeah. That's, that's the only that's, way I'll do it, you know? Yeah, that's, that's the way I find because, you know, it's, you know, some shows you win, some shows you lose, you know, it's, uh, you know, you yeah. never know uh, how it's going to turn out, you know, but, you know, uh, but, they, but they are fans of the music and that's what the great thing about it is. Absolutely. And I'm, and, and I'm a fan of music as well. So, you know, me being involved, you know, I love all styles of music. So I ain't being involved with that as well, you know, and I'm talking to promoters in these clubs, you know, who are both and their fans of music as well. It's just a, it, it's, it's a really great job and I really love doing it, you know. Awesome. Now, speaking of musicians and everything, there could be a musician, either dead or alive, that you can either record with or play with. Who would it be with and why? Elvis Presley. Really? <laughs> Elvis Presley is the only person I call a rock star. I don't think anybody else is a rock star besides Elvis Presley. I think Elvis Presley okay. is the one and only rock star. Um, okay. The, the ooze of uh, rock stardom with his, his toys, his inmates, his, uh, his style, you know, uh, everything uh, about him was just... Uh, was, was perfect. Yeah. And, uh, 
yeah, just to be in his, if I could just be in his presence and actually, you know, whatever, I don't care if I was playing a triangle on stage or something like that, I would be like, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Actually, that almost is almost the reason why I dyed my hair black. Really? I was 15 years old. My, my, my parents had went away on a vacation. I was like, I want to look at Elvis Presley, you know? So um, I went to somebody that I knew who was a hairdresser. I said, I want you to make my hair look like Elvis. And so they dyed my hair black. And I kind of like trying to put it in the pompadour and everything. And my parents came home. And I was just like, what do you think? And they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and it was wow. pretty shocking for them because my natural hair is... Kind of like a candy blonde hair. Wow. Uh, okay. Back then it was, but it, now it's just pure gray. But yeah, I wanted to be Elvis Presley when I was a kid so bad. Huh. That's pretty awesome. Well, I lost my hair in the divorce, so it makes me feel any better. <laughs> you know, that's one, that's one thing that I got lucky with. I got lucky with my hair. Uh, you know, I'm never going to go bald. My hair is still crazy thick. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I got lucky. I got lucky there. Right on. All right. Speaking of Elvis and other musicians, with all the musicians that you've worked with, or actually you've just gone to a show because you've had access because of you know your stardom being in Pretty Boy Floyd and also being an agent for 19 years now. Have you ever been starstruck? Starstruck? Yeah. I, I you know, yeah, one time I, yeah, one time I was, um, uh, well, I mean, I mean, I look up to a lot of the musicians uh, that uh, I've worked with and uh, that I, you know, that I've seen or you know, book shows with. But there was one time we were playing the uh, Universal Amphitheater it was before we had a record deal. So we had just, we had just gotten signed, actually, but we hadn't recorded. We hadn't even started recording our record, and we got asked to open up for Warren at the Universal Amphitheater. Cool. And uh, you know, we were, you know, we were playing weekends at like Gazzari's and. Roxy, you know, and now all of a sudden we've got songs and 26,000 people who are like, uh, yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> so, um, anyway, we played the show, and then after afterwards, backstage, um, Gene Simmons and Paul Smith were there. Oh, wow. And I was just like, oh, my. And Kiss was one of my idols, so, you know, I was like, you know, I go, I go up to Paul, I ask him for a picture, and, you know, and he, he was gracious enough to uh, give us a picture, you know, and then the gene and he's like no pictures and I'm like really are you kidding me come on man you're in my fucking dressing room I go I, I saw you when I was 11 years old in Madison Square Garden man come on <laughs> like, like no pictures and I'm like I'm like Paul took a picture why can't you be cool I fall and so anyway he was being a dick but then he started uh, I seen him you know he's walking he's walking around just making his rounds trying to pick up the girls and everything so I went up with this great guy I'm like you see that guy over there and I'm like, Gene Simmons? I'm like, yeah. I go, can you escort him out of our fucking dressing room? <laughs> right on. That's awesome. Had his ass kicked out of the dressing room. And uh, Paul kind of heard say it. He was laughing. And Paul stayed. And he left. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Wow. Pretty fun. Yeah, I, I have... Uh, oh, I have... Um, 
how can I put it? I've worked with Kiss for a long time, and then I took a little break. And uh, I, I and my father is very close with Bill Coin and stuff like that. And then I had a falling out with Gene because, just like you said, sometimes he can be super nice, and then sometimes he can be a dick, you know. So I totally get it. Yeah, you know, so. Gene, and uh, you know he's very, yeah, he's very outspoken, and uh, you know you love him or hate him for the way he is, but you know. I still, I still, I still respect him to this day, you know. Oh, like, absolutely. Icon, great music, and right. Um, yeah, gotcha. So, and then Bill yeah. Coin, Bill, Bill Coin, you know, we worked with Bill Coin, you know, for a while. We kind of got dumped from uh, MCA, uh, and uh, when I was trying, uh, you know, Bill Coin and Ken Conner were trying to help free by Floyd out, you know, saying, hey, you know, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to, uh, you know, help you guys get a new record kill. And then, and then when I heard, what his idea was, I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. Oh. That's what made me stop. Nice. Yeah, he wanted the band. He wanted the band to wear these like hot pieces with like g-strings and like these like uh, boots that weren't you know uh, like high high boots and like nothing else. And then like have girls on stage in cages dancing. And I'm just like, I'm like, well, I think Bill is just really just wanting to get his, you know get his rocks off watching like you know young kids you know dress up like that you know I mean I, I think everybody knew that Bill was gay you know wow interesting I know so, uh, yeah, I refuse to do that and that's why I would know that's why I was, I'm, I'm in none of those pictures even though people think it's me because they replaced, replaced you know replaced me you know, and the other guy had you know he had black hair as well. You know, but it's not me. So if you see if you see any pictures of Pretty Boy Floyd, but they're wearing cod pieces and all those right. bridge and everything, not me. Okay, interesting. Nice. So how many guitars do you own? You know, I own a lot of guitars, and uh, unfortunately, my storage space was just broken into like about four or five months ago. And I, oh, yeah. have, I think about thirty guitars in there, and uh, it's a you know it's a, it's a storage space that you know has, you know you have to have climate control. For. Right, put your guitars there, right? You know, so um, you know, so it has an opening at the top, you know, um, but you can, you know, you, you can't really crawl through it or go through it. But if you have a ladder, you can see into the storage space and mm. kind of like shine a flashlight and see what's in there, you know. Right. So I had, you know, I don't know, a bunch of paintings and a bunch of guitars, and obviously they probably shine the light and they saw that because all they took was my uh, guitars and paintings that I've been collecting. And so, uh, but you know, I have uh, I have insurance, so uh, I'm just going through the claims right now with that. But you know, I still had about probably about another you know 20 guitars at home. So I have like I don't know, maybe 50 guitars. I have like 50 guitars at one point. Gotcha. Now let me put a couple bases as well. Oh, well, I'm very sorry that you lost them. Hopefully, did you have them like listed as far as the serial number so they can track it if say someone tries to pawn it? Or bring it to a guitar center or one of those places? You know, the crazy thing is, is like a lot of my guitars, you know, I customize, you know, with like, uh, sometimes I like, uh, I would draw holes in them and put like uh, rivets in them and studs or something, you know. Right. Um, or I would paint them with like skulls or stars or other right. things, you know. And, uh, 
also, I mean, for someone that's someone that's trying to sell some of the guitars that I had, you know, it's, they're very particular guitars, and uh, you know, I played a lot of them uh, on stage, and a lot of pictures of me playing uh, a lot of these guitars. So it's pretty difficult for someone to try and get one of the guitars and then um, play it without me like kind of seeing it, you know? Right. Um, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. If I search, uh, I, you know, I, I keep on searching. You know, once a week, I kind of go through like eBay. But right. you know, it's, it's, it's really hard. I don't know the cashiest people because what they do is, you know, they rent like a storage space, you know, or two or three storage spaces, you know, in the space that you're in. And what they do is that's what they do. I guess they go through these storage spaces. They steal a couple things and they just put them into another storage space. This way, you don't, you don't catch them on camera walking out the door. Interesting. You know, because there's cameras. So what they do is, you know, they put it in another storage space. There's no cameras inside the storage space, just the ones leaving and, you know, entering the storage space. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, so then, so then you know, they'll put, they'll put it in there. Maybe they'll take, you know, one guitar or one thing out, maybe once, you know, once a week. But they'll, they'll let it sit in there probably for, like, you know, two years until everything dies down. And, uh, you know, mine was the only space. I think there was, like, 16 spaces that got broken into that weekend, so... Damn. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that. That really sucked. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. And, it, you know, unfortunately, it had my my original guitar that I used for the Little Boys record on there. And, yeah, and the second that on fire video, I want, I want to be with a video. And wow. because that guitar had gotten, uh, you know, put to the ringer, I think I broke the headstock on that guitar like three or four times. Damn. So it was repaired so much that I couldn't, really couldn't play it. So it was just... Um, the, the last time, yeah, for just like kind of like, you know what, I'm going to keep this guitar and eventually I'll probably, you know, get it put in a case or something like that, you know, and maybe hang it on a wall somewhere. I never got around for that. But anyway. Um, okay. So on your downtime, when you're not playing and you're not booking, what do you like to do? I'm always working. I'm always uh, there's always something going through my head, and uh, I'm doing. But um, I find uh, doing little things like uh, the batting cage. I go to the little batting cage, um, maybe about 15, 20 minutes from my house. You know, and I just I hit balls. You know, uh, nice. Uh, so you're a native New Yorker, Mets or Yankees? <laughs> Oh, the Yankees man, of course. Excellent. All right, we can continue the interview. All right, good answer. All right. <laughs> my, yeah, my grandfather bringing me the games ever since I was again big, you know, so it instilled in me all these years. So. Right on. Um, yeah, uh, I like uh, I going to the shooting range. Shooting range is always a fun thing. I like uh, uh, there's another place to play like Mentor Gallows where you can kind of just like bring a cooler and just have a couple of drinks on the Mentor Gallows. Like, uh, going bowling, I like uh, going uh, go karting. I like uh, movies. I like going to see uh, concerts and music, and um, actually like seeing uh, plays. Nice theater. Going up in New York, actually, my parents used to take me to a lot of like Broadway and off Broadway plays, and uh, I love that. You know, especially the musicals. Absolutely. Did you see Hamilton? I did not see that one. No. We we usually the last to get everything. I mean, you know, it's like I know if I go to you know, if I'm in New York and I'm visiting family or something like that, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll see rent and stuff, and then like a year later, it'll come over here and then I'll see it again, you know, or something. You know, it's just uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's always the last to kind of get. Uh, 
something like that. I don't want to see like Titanic or something, you know. But right on. You know, I love, I love Broadway. I don't know. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it, it, a, lot, a lot of bands have incorporated Broadway into their, you know, uh, into their shows. Like, I think Harden Cash is one of them. You know, Alice Cooper. You know, yeah. uh, Marilyn Manson. But, you know, and, uh, I just love Broadway so much that it has music and it has theater and theatrics. Everything. So it's, uh, I don't know, to me it goes hand in hand. Right. So speaking of concerts and everything, what's the last concert you went to? I went, uh, let's see, I think it was like two weeks ago. I saw uh, Alice Cooper and Ace Freely at the Greek Theater here. Awesome. Great show to see. So, oh, it was great. Oh, it, was great. It, was a, it was a beautiful night, and the Greek is, you know, out, you know outdoors. And, right. And it's a big place, you know, 5,000 people tops, I think. Right. And, uh, you know, every seat is a really great seat there, you know, and it was a beautiful night, and, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a great show. I mean, uh, Ace... Ace was killing it, and uh, Alice, Jesus Christ, what is he, 70 something now? And Yep. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, and yeah, his amazing. band backing him up is just ridiculous. Oh, you know? Great Chuck and Glenn and, and Tommy. Yeah. Did you know Tommy Anderson from New York? Yeah. Remember, he, yeah. Had, uh, he had a band called uh, a Rough Cut. Yes. <laughs> and they had songs and everything. Yeah. And, uh, the Stage Door. I used to go see them, I think, every Thursday at like, the Stage Door. I saw him at the um, Dirt Club, believe it or not. The Dirt Club. Oh, my God. Yeah. I saw him at Tommy. In fact, I ran at the team. Um, he came to see our show over at the, the Whiskey at the time of the Empires and Alice Cooper. And it was good seeing him, actually. Uh, <laughs> right on. Oh, uh, good. And then, yeah, and then Ryan Rossi, obviously, as well, too. Yeah, so all, all the musicians, you know. Nice. All right. I'm a bit of a car enthusiast. I need to know, what kind of car do you drive? You know, I've been a Mercedes man for the last, like, 25 years. Cool. So, um, I, I, yeah, you know, there's just something about uh, these luxury freaking Mercedes cars that I just love, you know. It's, you know, you can drive over, like, a speed bump and I just can feel it. Um, uh, so, I just picked up a new Mercedes uh, E350 and I, uh, I kind of blacked it all out. Nice. And uh, I absolutely love it. So that's my one, that's my one car. And then I bought uh, an uh, ML350 and then Mercedes ML350, the uh, SUV. Cool. So nice. those are my two cars. But before that, you know, I got to tell you, I did spend five years on rebuilt the 1968 Mustang GT. Wow. Um, you know, so it was like kind of like uh, my weekend thing that I used to love to do. And uh, this one was married, and I was living over in the casino, and, you know, we had a beautiful house and garage, you know, everything cleaned up. Um, so I had, like, a lot of room to, uh, to work on it. Right. So, yeah, it took me five years, I think, you know, to restore it. And I restored it, and it looked great. People, people used to follow me up, you know, they would follow me around, literally, and wait for found somewhere and they would get out and they like whip out a checkbook and say how much I'm like it's not for sale man you know <laughs> that's uh, a Steve McQueen bullet car right what's that is that Steve McQueen's car that he used in the bullet I don't know the Mustang GT I'm not, I'm not yeah. sure if he's Steve McQueen used the Mustang GT it was, uh, yeah, it, was, it was black on black Wow, and uh, yeah, it was it was wind. It was a complete showroom uh, car, and uh, you know I was so paranoid about it. But I went got hood locks. I had ignition kills. I had um, you know the steering wheel lock on it. I, I had everything. You know, every alarm put on it. 
And uh, one night that uh, I was too lazy to look one of the cars and stick in the garage, getting home at like a, sort of three o'clock in the morning, I think I went to go see a, you know, one of my clients, the mistress at the House of Blues. And, uh, Yep, and me and my wife. She was, you know, she was tired. She's like, oh, she's like, just leave me here for, you know, for the night. Fine, I'm only gonna be here for a couple of hours. And blah, blah, blah. But one night that I did that, I woke up in the morning and it was gone. Oh my god, no! <laughs> I mean, they must have uh, like literally slapped at it, you know. I'm like. Yeah, gone in sixty seconds. Definitely gone in sixty seconds. Damn. I think you should need to write a song called "Guitars and Cars." You know, like a tragic song, like a slow song, like a country song. You know. Yeah. My heart. They stole my car. They stole my guitar. (laughs) Something like that. You know. People are just going to follow you around eventually, you know, they're just going to, they're going to, they are, they're just going to come up with a flatbed and yank that freaking car up because, you know, there's nothing to stop it from a flat, from a flatbed stealing the car. Sure. You can do everything in the world to it, and, and there ain't no flatbed, and you couldn't be able to pull that thing up and pull up on the uh, up on it and tow it away in like yeah, like a minute and a half. And those cars are worth more money for in parts than they are. You know anything else? True. Yeah, sorry for that too. So now, Public Enemies, the last uh, album that has been recorded for Pretty Boys Boys, it's been out almost a year now. How did that come about? I think it was, uh, you know, we started working on it in uh, somewhere around 2012. Wow. Okay. When we were, uh, you know, we just, you know, we never put out another record. And I was just like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I, I love the Little Boys record, but I really got a so we started working on some uh, some stuff and uh, we started it in 2012 and uh, we were probably about halfway done with it and then me and Steve had a pretty big blow up um, right. and uh, yeah and unfortunately you know we let social media involved in it and get involved with it and so uh, big mistake and uh, that won't ever happen again so that's all good um, but yeah I think it was about 2015 maybe or so uh, I don't know if they were doing the Cat House Live or something right over here at Fine Meadows yeah and uh, they they put in an offer and for you know a whole bunch of bands to play one of the offers were pretty much so it's like hey do you want to do the show and I'm like I don't know man no, I'm just like yeah come on let's do it oh uh, you know and, you know the thing is, is like I, I don't see for 30, 15 years, man. But, you know, 30 years. Um, so, uh, you, know, you know, we're not going to get along all the time. We're not going to agree on everything in life. Right. So, uh, you know, we just met up. I was like, you know, we don't need to apologize or whatever. You know, I'm like, let's just, you know, let's do the show. If it goes good, then, you know, we'll keep on moving forward or something. I go, let's just try and get guys so we're not going to be, uh, you know, uh, trauma. 
Right. So it's good. You know, I think I could be drama. So I got, you know, I got my buddy JK, you know, from the East Coast, a fellow New Yorker as well. So, and uh, I knew him when I was probably about 16, 17 years old in New York. So got him involved. And then uh, we went to a couple of little revolving drummers, you know. And, uh, yeah, and then we did the show, and uh, it was kind of drama-free. So I was like, cool. Um, well, you know, well, maybe we can do uh, another one. So we started doing a couple more, a couple more. And, and it was like, I think between that three years, it stayed really kind of, uh, I don't know, it kind of calmed down a much, a, a lot. You know, there was a time when he was, uh, when he had just gotten married, and uh, he was he was drinking kind of heavily at the time, you know. And, right. Uh, yeah, he kind of stopped doing all that and everything. So it was uh, much easier to get along with him. Nice. And then, uh, and then as we were, uh, we were starting to work on the record even more, Frontiers was signing a bunch of bands, and uh, so they had, you know, emailed me and said, "Hey, you know, what do you got for the Floyd record?" And I was, so I played them. Uh, I sent them like maybe four songs. They were like, "Cool, well, you know, make the rest of the record like this, and uh, we're good to go." And I'm like, "Okay," and uh, that's what we did. Nice. So, speaking of your discography of all the albums that you guys have done together, uh, do you have a favorite Pretty Boy Floyd song? Favorite Pretty Boy Floyd song. Oh wow. Um, Wild Angels is, is uh, one of my favorites. Awesome. Um, just a cool song, you know. I uh, like playing this guy. Both this guy is an element of ballad, but it's also you know kind of a rocker as well too. So yeah, I like that song a lot. And yeah, Rock and Roll is a really good song too. I like playing that one too. Cool. Right. And a lot, of, a lot of those other records that you might see are, are is like this one of the record label that I will not mention, just kind of like repackaging yes. stuff, just putting different titles on it. And I'm kind of pissed, pissed about it because I think it's deceiving the fans. I'm fortunate there's nothing I could do about it. Right. You can't, you know, no lawsuit, nothing like that? Do you own, like... You know, unfortunately, at the time when we did the deal with them, you know, there was, like, there's a clause in there about coupling and all this other stuff and everything, you know, and it's just like, um, yeah, and it's just like it's constant, you know, repackaging with different names and, you know, changing the set of song song title around and stuff or something, you know, and putting different pictures on the album covers and calling it something different, you know, it's deceiving the fans, and I, I wish it wouldn't happen, but, you know, what are you going to do? It happens to all the bands, I think, out there, you know, eventually. Wow. I'm sorry to hear that, too. Uh, so, I have to ask you, uh, besides Steve and the bandmates and everything, you have, like, a rock star friend that you guys, like, actually hang out with? Like, you can call so-and-so and say, hey, let's go grab a beer and let's go do pitch and putt, like you said you like to do, or go to the shooting range. Guy friends? Oh, one of my guy friends. Are you yeah. it? Yeah. that are in the industry? Uh, that are in the industry? Uh, yeah. You know, my uh, for now, you know, he would. Uh, 
he would pretty much be down pretty much for anything. Um, he kind of makes clothes, so uh, he, you know he's involved in the industry, but he's a good friend. Uh, right. As far as me hanging out with the band members uh, from Floyd, we really don't hang out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like I think it's uh, kind of like you know, uh, we spend the week, you know, spend a weekend together here, a weekend together there, a week here, you know, and it's like you know, that, that, that's good enough, you know. Right on. So, okay. <laughs> you know, nice. You don't want right. to rock the boat. You know, things are going smooth. You don't want to rock the boat. You know, T- totally get that and respect that. That's what it's come down to. I mean, you know, I kind of miss it. You know, because when we were younger, obviously, you know, when we had our bands, you know, we were kind, of, you know, we were kind of like a gang. You know, it was kind of like you know, us against the world. You know, we got to get right. the deal. You know, we got to conquer the world with our music and blah blah. blah you know, and as you get older, you're kind of like, yeah, you know, what you can, you know, do my thing. It's all good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> funny, funny how your priorities change as you get older. Right on. So, and a couple more questions. And now I know you probably have to go eat some dinner or something because time difference. Um, so, if you hear one of your songs on the radio, do you listen to it or do you turn it off? Listen to the radio. Yeah, so I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't hear one of my songs on the freaking radio. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, when I'm in my car, that's when I usually that's when I usually get my news. I listen to like uh, AM radio, uh, the, the station you call the KNX ten seventy. And but the only reason why I like to get my news from there is because all they do is kind of just they just report it. They just say like, this is what's happening. This happened. 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 And they're not giving opinions, and they're not interviewing people to give right. their opinions or anything like that. They're just stating the facts. This is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happened today. And that's it. And nowadays, you know, I find all the news channels now are, you know, they're all fighting for your advertising dollars. So they're doing whatever they possibly can to, you know, get ratings. Right. So if that includes, you know, but CNN now, which is just a joke, you can't even watch it all come on and think because it's just like, you know, they're not even reporting the news. All they're doing is like, you know, talking to people and having people bash on other people. And that's all it is. So I'm right. tired of that and I can't stand it. So, yeah, I don't know to the news, but I don't know, maybe, maybe I should get satellite radio, or maybe I should, I can, I can start listening to her and he's still like, no, and then uh, I'll, I'll hear a pretty voice, so I don't know. That's, or you can listen to it my podcast, so. You can do that too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little selfish plug there. So, right on. Right on. You got it. Yeah, every once in a while, you know? So, any advice for up and coming musicians? Um, don't expect to get rich playing music. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, you know, you know, I, I, I cared more uh, when I was younger. Right. I never cared about uh, being famous or anything like that. That was like the last thing in my mind. I could care less. You know, right. uh, I think I had, I, had, I had two dreams, and I was like, one, I wanted to get a record deal, and two, I wanted to play Madison Square Garden. Uh, so I, I got the record deal, but I would never play Madison Square Garden. Um, I don't know, probably never will, but oh well. Um, but uh, all, I, all I wanted was really just 
be able to support myself, pay my bills, and be able to be involved with the music. And that's all I really cared about. Nice. And, uh, you know, I, I always tell people nowadays, you know, who complain about, like, oh, hey, man, we didn't get this, we didn't get that. Hey, we should be making more money for that. You know, I just say, you know, should be thankful that you're actually getting paid to do what you actually love to do. You know, right. I mean, anytime anybody can say that, that's a big day. Right on. Okay. That's just, and that's just, that's just my, my feeling. Right on. Okay. And last but not least, what's next for you as far as in, are you maybe thinking about writing a book? I knew another Pretty Boy Floyd CD. Well, I'm not going to write a book, but uh, and, and as far as music, uh, yeah, we are going to. I already started it. Um, we started uh, recording the next Pretty Boy Floyd record that we're going to put out on Cheers as well. Awesome. So uh, that's definitely in the works, and I'm making all these. Cool. Well, we definitely would love to have you on to, you know, promote that as well. Awesome. I'd love to. Love so, to be. All right. So I just wanted to say thank you so much again, man. Thanks. You too. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye-bye. Psycho Steve presents. You can hear more from Psycho Steve on Hair Today on Tomorrow every Wednesday on iTunes and SoundCloud. The interview sessions are also on YouTube. Get your merch at Zazzle.com backslash Psycho Steve presents Hair Today Gone Tomorrow. Follow Psycho Steve on all social media platforms. Facebook at Psycho Steve Rocks. Instagram at the underscore real underscore psycho underscore Steve. Twitter at Real Psycho Steve. For requests or dedications or if you're in a band and want us to play your music or be interviewed or for advertising inquiries, email us at psychostevepresents at gmail.com. Psycho Steve Presents Hair Today Gone Tomorrow is brought to you by Pearlswag Enterprises, LLC. Please join Psycho Steve every Wednesday and Friday here on...